Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. The EFC is going away on the FAFSA. Here's what you need to know. This is the College Investor Audio Show. Welcome. So honored that you're a part of this. Now, the expected family contribution, or EFC, has been a critical number for all students and their families as they consider the costs of college. Although the EFC has been the most important number for decades, the latest legislation is changing everything by replacing the EFC with the Student Aid Index, SAI. Although the act was passed in 2021, the changes will not be implemented until the 2023 to 2024 academic year. The delay will allow the Department of Education to make the new changes. Here's what you need to know about the EFC and its replacement, Student Aid Index. First of all, let's talk about the EFC and what it is. The expected family contribution was a number determined by the federal government and colleges through the FAFSA. Essentially, it represented the dollar amount that a family was expected to pay for college within a single year. In most cases, the EFC turned out to be a number that seemed well beyond the reach of most families. With that, parents and students would turn to student loans and merit aid scholarships to fund the difference between the EFC and what they could actually afford. Why is the EFC being replaced? Through the FAFSA Simplification Act, the EFC is being replaced with the Student Aid Index, SAI. Both are calculated through formulas with information derived from the FAFSA form. The big reason behind the change is to create a more reflection on the true cost of colleges. Good. In the past, many families have interpreted the EFC as the total cost that they will be expected to pay. However, many families were faced with higher costs because most colleges don't meet the full need of students or include loans as a part of the financial aid package. Urgh. Additionally, many in higher education had an issue with the term expected family contribution. According to many, the term puts pressure on the parents of students to meet the expected financial contributions. It kind of makes sense. Parents have felt that the term expected family contribution puts undue pressure on them to fund their child's college education costs. The new term, student aid index, cannot erase the feelings that parents face when confronted with the costs of higher education because they're high but it may allow parents and students paying for college to approach the financial costs with fewer perceived expectations from beyond the family. With a more general term, parents may not feel solely responsible for funding their child's college costs. So, now let's talk about what the Student Aid Index is. Due to the confusing nature of the EFC, lawmakers have decided to make a change. In reality, the change is simply a name change. <laughs> from expected family contribution to student aid index. The basics of the formula that calculates the resulting number will be exactly the same. However, the FAFSA Simplification Act has also brought some updates to the formula that will change the way colleges calculate a student's financial needs. Here are some of the changes to the FAFSA and the student aid index. So the FAFSA Simplification Act was included within the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021. As the name suggests, the goal of the new law is to make changes more simple 
for students and parents paying for college. Good. So let's take a look at some of the changes to the formula. A streamlined FAFSA form. This is the major change, a more streamlined form. Instead of answering over a hundred questions, the FAFSA is only a few dozen questions. Hallelujah! This should save students and parents time when preparing for college. The cost of attendance, or COA, is another important number when sorting through college costs. Here are some of the changes included in the new law. A student will not need to be attending school on at least a part-time basis to allow for a personal computer's rental or purchase. The student can be enrolled at any time commitment for this allowance. Transportation allowances between home, school, and work are allowed. A college financial aid administrator will set the actual transportation allowance. A student will need to be enrolled at least half-time to receive an allowance for personal expenses. Room and board allowances must be split into separate allowances for housing and meals. Meal allowances must be based on three meals per day. Housing allowances for students living in college-owned or operated housing will be based on the greater of the average or median housing costs. Housing allowances cannot be set to zero for students living with their parents at home. An allowance for private student loan fees is no longer applicable. An allowance for loan fees on federal loans for students and parents will be mandatory instead of at the discretion of a college. Multiple students will be treated differently. In the past, families with multiple students attending college at the same time on at least a part-time basis received special treatment. The parent assessment was divided by the number of family members in college. Also, independent students had their family contribution divided by the number of students attending college on a half-time basis. Now, the student aid index will not be divided based on the number of students in college within a family. So with that, middle and high-income families will likely miss out on previous opportunities to save. New Pell Grant Eligibility Students will now qualify for Pell Grants based on a multiple of the poverty line. Households may qualify for Pell Grants with incomes between 0 and 175% to 400% of the poverty line based on the student's situation. Additionally, incarcerated students will be eligible for the Pell Grant. Negative student aid index possible. If the student is eligible for the maximum federal Pell Grant, the student aid index will be set to zero. But the financial aid formula can allow for a student aid index below zero, as low as minus $1,500, this can help colleges more accurately help determine a student's financial needs. You might be asking, is the replacement a better solution for families and students? Although we have not touched on every single change created by the FAFSA Simplification Act, the real question is, will the changes help more families and students? Yeah, well, you, the answer will likely depend on your situation. Many of the changes seem to help low-income families with college costs. Middle and high-income earners could be receiving less help from the new index, especially if you have multiple children in college at the same time. Additionally, the name change from EFC to SAI may help to mitigate some of the expectations facing parents. However, everyone can agree that a streamlined FAFSA form is a win for everyone. With less of a paperwork burden, 
you may be able to wade through the FAFSA process more smoothly. Here's the bottom line. Although the student aid index results from a very similar formula to the expected family contribution, the name change may be a positive thing. But then, of course, many parents and students will still be faced with an unaffordable number to cover college costs, even with these changes. But there is some good news. We have tons and tons of resources for you to have help, of course, with finding federal student loans, filling out all this stuff, but also ways for you to pay for college without the use of any loans. It is possible, and you can find those articles and resources at thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks again for stopping by today. We'll talk to you again very soon.